That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. So, Aaron, welcome. Uh, it is great to be back uh, on the last Sunday after Pentecost, and this is uh, pretty exciting because this is the uh, last Sunday of a full liturgical cycle we've been doing, Same Old Song. That's right, and, and we so, are sad to announce that this is the last episode of Same Old Song. Mm. We finished, we began with year uh, B, or no, we began with C, and then we did A, and then we did year B, which is what we're finishing mm-hmm. up right now. So, this is it. This is three years. Uh, the mm-hmm. full cycle is out there, and if you want to know what to preach on other Sundays, just go back into the archive. Just kidding! It's not the last <laughs> episode of the same old song. We're going to keep going, because <laughs> we love all of you, and uh, we've actually received some great uh, uh, responses from some of you. Listeners have said how much this means to them, and how helpful it is in their ministry and in their lives, so we're absolutely going to keep going, uh, so stay tuned for more. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just a lot of fun, although we're going to be uh, flashing and jazzing it up. You know, I think we're going to be adding uh, on, you know, the third, third, whatever day you listen to this in the month, when we add in a mailbag and uh, some preaching tips. And so, uh, it's very exciting. Uh, and so, yeah, here we are, the third, uh, the third, the next round, uh, episode, uh, season two. A flashing and jazzing, Jake? Are you like, mm-hmm. are you a... What is that? Are you cool? Is that what they're saying in New York? About what? Flashing and jazzing. Is that what I said? That's what you said. Oh, man, I'm just, yeah. Oh, we're going to be jazzing it up. (laughs) So, anyway. Uh, I don't don't uh, want to flash your jazz, but, I mean, you go ahead. I don't know, I just, all of a sudden, at that very moment, I had a legitimate, like, senior moment. (laughs) I just was like, what are we talking about? Anyway, so... It is long in the day. Um, so, here we are, and we are in Christ the King uh, Sunday, which is a made-up liturgical day um, as of yet, uh, that began right after World War One. was it, Aaron? Yes. After um, basically Europe had killed everybody, they decided Yeah, and the Pope uh, was like, other. we they, need to not look at human polit- political rulers, we need to look at Christ as our King, uh, and then, you know what, we'll fix it, a new liturgical holiday. Yeah, and it was really worked. World peace broke out immediately. Yep. And uh, <laughs> oh, wait. And then uh, some things happened in Germany, and there was another mm-hmm. big war, and it's been. And then, and then Lenin sang his song, of course. You know, imagine all the people, and that that fixed it. Nope. And uh, nope. And so, anyway, but we are celebrating Christ the King, and what is great about this day is it does remind us that we do have a good King, uh, uh, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, who is working out all things for the good for those who are called according to His purpose. And our readings today are from 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 1-7, through 7. Uh, and then we have, followed by that, we have Revelation chapter 1 verses 4b to 8, 
And then uh, John 18, verses 33 to 37. So that's a long one. Um, so, uh, and uh, here we are. And so, Aaron, any other, any thoughts on this particular passage? Yeah, uh, I will say, you know, again, I want to say that, that we, as we pooped on Christ the King a little bit at the beginning, like not on him, oh, on the idea. Okay. I will just say that there are good <laughs> things to say about it. Uh, there are tons of good things we were, to say about we Christ King and we'll, But ultimately, the point of it is to point to Jesus Christ. Um, and so, in this Second uh, Samuel reading, it's an appropriate one because we are getting this King of David, and of course, Jesus is called the Son of David and is in the Davidic line through Joseph. Uh, since, um, yeah, what were you going to say? Uh, oh, no, I just think it's important to know that this is um, uh, essentially the end of David's life. This is his last will and testament. And um, last will and testaments are very important. And um, I wanted to share uh, a last will and testament of one of the most important parishioners of my parish, in my parish's history, J.P. Morgan. Uh, because last words tell you everything about a person and what they're about typically. Uh, if you know Nietzsche's last words... Uh, they were, I am perplexed. That's all he said. And then he died. Um, but uh, J.P. Morgan, this is what he wrote in his last will and testament. He said this, I commit my soul into the hands of my Savior in full confidence that having redeemed it and washed it in his most precious blood, he will present it faultless before my heavenly Father. And I entreat my children to maintain and defend at all hazard and at any cost of personal sacrifice the blessed doctrine of the complete atonement for sin through the blood of Jesus Christ once offered and through that alone. Mm. Uh, that is super powerful, and it tells you a lot about uh, Morgan um, because those are his last words. Amen. But and uh, and and David tells us uh, his last words tell us a lot about um, him as well. Uh, and what we learn about David is that he was anoint the anointed of God of Jacob or of the house of Israel. Um, he, uh, the spirit of the Lord, he just wasn't speaking on his own accord when he wrote those Psalms. This is uh, connected to the Psalms, but rather that the spirit of the Lord spoke through him and his word was upon his tongue. And, uh, and uh, you know, basically he was one who ruled over his people justly, ruling in the fear of God. Now, ultimately, if you know the story of David's life and you read Second uh, Samuel and you read First Samuel, you know that um, David's a bit of a mixed bag in a lot of ways. But nonetheless, uh, what comes through David's line is one who truly is um, from the stump of Jesse is the true vine and who indeed the spirit of the Lord was upon in order to preach good news to the poor, the oppressed, the blind, the lame and is the one um, who indeed um, is the light of morning, like the sun rising on a cloudless morning. I mean, Jesus is the good news and the fulfillment of this particular passage. Do you mean the lame, like people that say flashing and jazzing, or do you mean the lame, like uh, people that can't walk? Sorry. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let me keep coming back to that. <laughs> I do want to say... hurt my soul. Oh, you'll be okay. No, you'll be okay. I will say, listeners, the reason you're not hearing the incessant creaking of Jake's chair is because he's recording from his wife's office today. Praise the Lord. So, uh, you'll have to wait for that for next episode. But one thing I want to say about this passage, well, first of no, all... No, actually, yeah, um, actually, my friend Carl Wolf. 
uh, bought me some WD-40. And so who's a huge fan, they're listening in Hamburg, Germany, <laughs> and he bought me some WD-40. And uh, and so I will be using that on the chair before so the next episode. we'll start just naming general material needs that we have, and we'll see if our listeners <laughs> send us things. Um, all right. I would like some new Hoka running shoes. Jake and I also, are, we're both, we're not sponsored by Hoka, but we, we want, we want to be if you're listening. All right. So yeah. the, uh, we, when, in our reader responses, would you ask for some feedback about where you want this podcast to go? And one of, one of our listeners, sorry, um, who will remain nameless, uh, suggested, uh, that we stop doing the Old Testament lessons, maybe because he's not preaching on them. I will say his initials are Ben Madison, but uh, he, uh, I think we're going to keep doing the Old Testament, Ben, for for a couple of reasons. Uh, it keeps us connected to, like, it's hard to understand language like you just quoted, uh, Jake, for the language that's in our hymns, language that's in the New Testament, uh, language that's in our prayer book about Jesus, son of David, stump of Jesse, all that sort of stuff without having some of this background in there. So, we realize y'all aren't probably preaching on it, maybe, but, uh, and I mean, yeah, I think that's pretty common to have folks more lean towards the New Testament, but it's good for the context. And also, in this one, we get almost a Dolly Parton song, The Sun Rising on a Cloudless Morning. Mm. I mean, if that doesn't make you think of the light of a clear blue, um, what is that? That Yeah, that Dolly Parton song, Light of a Clear Blue Morning, uh, 1977. Um, I don't know what will, but it is <laughs> It is a picture. This, this is actually great to preach on for Christ the King Sunday, in my opinion, because... David is this great ruler. He's the greatest ruler Israel ever had. And um, he talks about how important it is to have a great leader, one who rules over people justly, ruling in the fear of God. Um, and he is the high point. And after that, it, it never quite reaches it again. And of course, by the time you get to Jesus, he's not interested in sitting on the literal political and militaristic throne of David. So, to me, this kind of points at the need for something other than a this-worldly or political solution to human problems, uh, and which I think is really the point of Christ the King Sunday, to point, right. point people to Jesus as a king who doesn't fix political problems necessarily, but one who comes to deal with problems like death and sin mm. and injustice and things like that. Not to say there isn't a Absolutely. political aspect and that Christians shouldn't be involved in the struggles for justice and um, economic justice and legal justice and all kind, kinds of ways that we want to think about that. But just realize that uh, it will never quite, uh, the politics will never quite work. And I think you can see dysfunction all over the place in our political system and people act like that's a new thing, but it has sort of been that way from the mm. beginning. Um, so, that's that's yeah. what I would say about that. Well, and then, uh, but then that, that's a perfect segue into Revelation chapter 1, verses 4b to 8. And, uh, and we see actually um, how uh, God uh, fixes it and how the king comes and ultimately fixes it. And uh, we see that um, his kingdom coming to fruition um, that is not of this world, but rather it is coming to this world to save it. And so, uh, John has this very powerful vision of Jesus um, and uh, how he works, uh, he loves us, and he frees us from our sins by his blood. Anything you want to say on that, Aaron? Yeah, I wish we could read the John 18 passage before the Revelation 1 passage, because mm, John 18 is amen. where Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Uh, mm -hmm. And in Revelation 1, we see where his kingdom is, uh, his heavenly kingdom, and his, his ruling over the new heaven and the new earth and the whole, the whole thing. I think... 
the important thing that I would preach on from the Revelation passage would be the um, I, the identity of Jesus as someone who loves us mm-hmm. and who freed us. And a lot of preachers think they need to preach really long sermons that address every single verse in a passage. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, you do not. The gospel is a short word. As Martin Luther said in the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, one little word shall fell him, meaning shall knock Satan down. It's a little word. And here, you could do so much work in talking about who is Jesus? Jesus the King on Christ the King Sunday? Because king has all kinds of, again, militaristic connotations and just, you know, so many bad kings in history, king, kings who are a mixed bag, like King David, like Henry VIII. I mean, just pick an example. Uh, almost, I mean, every one is a letdown on some level. This king, he's named, as, he's named for two things in this passage, loves us and freed us from sin, our sins by his blood. And you could do so much by just talking about the love of Jesus and talking about that Jesus means freedom, to quote the um, book by the theologian Ernst Kaseman. Um, and in the world's mind, and in sadly many Christians in the church, their idea of what Jesus means is not love and freedom. The word of what Jesus means uh, is try harder, uh, you're not good enough, um, and uh, you need to get better. It's you, The purity code or whatever the stuff is, you know, you, you and I, Jake, live in the world of the mainstreams, kind of the mainstream denominations in the Episcopal Church, and uh, I think maybe we don't make Jesus as... Um, uh, harsh and judgy. I don't know. It's, uh, but I, I know so many people who come into at least the church where I serve uh, in Waco, Texas, that come beat up and bruised from a kind of Jesus that was always standing there with a with a clipboard and a scorecard, and um, the you know just with so much judgment. So I would talk about this king as being the one who loves us and frees us, and so many people don't really think that God loves them. I don't mm-hmm. really believe it, but this is the one who sheds our, his blood. So that's that's, that's really what good. I would talk about. Absolutely, and, that's and, exactly that's exactly yeah. what I would talk about too. Um, and but you, you know, and I think it's just like Waco, Texas, New York City. I mean, it's uh, it's it's loaded with people who've been burned by the church, and it's not just lo- like Waco. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got better Mexican food, but uh, uh, we that is one hundred percent true. <laughs> but uh, it is, um, but it's loaded with people who've been burned. And, uh, and what people need to hear is, is that they have been freed from their sins. You cannot deny the reality of sins, and, uh, but you've been freed from it. And you've been freed from it not in an abstract way, but by His blood. And, uh, and then God has done something, then you can actually talk about what God has specifically done to us by that. He's made us to be a kingdom of priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. You know, and we serve God our Father by loving our neighbor and uh, through acts of charity and kindness. That doesn't get us into the kingdom. It's the fruit of being in the kingdom by his blood. And yep. so, um, there, is, there is good news to preach here. There's good news about the king who's freed us and, uh, and uh, the freedom now to uh, serve him um, as a priest in his kingdom. Amen. And then we get to John 18, where Jesus is on earth and doesn't look anything like a king, but he has been called a king, uh, and he's on trial for it. And so, he's in front of uh, the, the, the bench, the sort of judge's seat of Pontius Pilate, 
the governor of Judea at that time, and um, he's in his headquarters, which is the Antonia Fortress in Jerusalem. You can go stand there today. It's not there, but the but the a church is built there, and the floor is there that uh, Jesus would have stood on as he faced Pilate. And Pilate asks him, are you the king of the Jews? Which is a political thing. It's like, it's like, um, uh, the United States capturing a leader of Al-Qaeda, like, are you the head of Al-Qaeda? Like, that's sort of, the, like, are you the one leading this rebellion against, mm-hmm. because there was a king of the Jews. There was king, well, there were several, there, Herod's heirs, the four people ruling in place of King Herod, who had been the literal king of the Jewish people. And so, for Jesus, this peasant to claim the title is makes him sort of like a terrorist, some sort of political rabble-rouser. Mm-hmm. And because so if that's he is a he, king, if he, has, if he is a king, he hasn't paid homage to Caesar. Right. And so, there's nothing wrong with having kings, but you will bend the knee to Caesar. And so, right. that's the thing. And he's also stirring the pot because the Romans want to keep the Jewish people kind of quiet and supp- uh, compliant and mm-hmm. paying their taxes and all that. And so, to have this guy who's claiming to be king of the Jews, if that's what he's doing, just messes everything up and stirs up the people. And the Jew- the Romans want everything to sort of be peaceful and keep the money flowing to Rome. So, Jesus, typical response here doesn't really answer his question. And he says, like, basically, why are you asking this? Because um, it's not really your business. And Pilate, anyways, I think um, the main thing here is Jesus saying, my kingdom is not of this world. Yes. And, yeah, that's the main idea. I think that, say, no, I think that's a very powerful thing. And it's an important thing to preach about today. Um, you know, uh, Jesus's kingdom is not of this world. Uh, this is actually a very unique idea on, on, in world history, um, and uh, that which the church constantly messes up. The church and the state are not one. They are distinct. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, um, I am totally, as an Anglican, for the disestablishment of the Church of England from the government. Uh, you know, uh, it produces nothing but mailmen with collars, like state churches oftentimes. And um, I'm actually, um, I've experienced it firsthand, you know. And so, um, what happens when um, you have a mailman with a collar? Uh, there is a distinction. So, that's on one side. Um, and then on the other side, you have what's like happening in our country big-time American nationalism taking place and, like, religious nationalism, and that somehow the United States is this anointed, like, um, nation under God by, by which it will usher in the kingdom of God, and absolutely not. Jesus's kingdom is not of this world. Um, it is a completely separate thing, and it's a kingdom that's coming to you, and it's filled with Jew and Greek, male and female, uh, slave and free, Democrat and Republican. But this is, this is I, th- I think a text like this needs to be really preached on, and that um, Jesus is the king who's coming to you, and that uh, Jesus is the king who's actually um, going to tear down all of these systems because he's bringing about something completely new and something completely different, and that is the gospel. Um, and uh, the good news that he does it all. Um, uh, and he testifies to the truth that we make a mess of things, and he's come to set it right and um, listen to his voice. Yeah, I mean, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. As we saw on All Saints Sunday, he wants to wipe away the tear from every eye. We know from the witness of Scripture he wants to end all wars. We know from the Old and New Testament that Jesus comes to set prisoners free So and not build more prisons. Mm-hmm. So, I'm in favor of a 
well-regulated state because I'm not a fan of anarchy and nobody yeah. wants to live in a zombie apocalypse. But uh, a worldly kingdom is always going to have prisons. That's right. Which, which you can't have if Jesus is the boss. And it's always going to have uh, people, people going hungry. People going hungry. It's going to have people who um, can't uh, pay their taxes. And so... And get people who take advantage of taxes. And, and uh, it's just you know, the whole system. Yeah, the whole system mess. is going to be a mess. And it's there may be good things about it. Um, and I'm I'm no I'm libertarian. Um, God bless any <laughs> listeners who are. And I'm sure we have people all over the political spectrum. All I'm saying is any political system is, by definition, a kingdom of this world. That's right. Uh, whether it's a social democracy, whether it's a totalitarian state, um, or even a constitutional democracy like ours, it's still a kingdom of this world. It's going to have inequalities, it's going to have ego, it's going to have oppression and injustice. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be, It's gonna. if anybody's ever been through a legal process and come out frustrated on the other side, then you know what I'm talking about. These are kingdoms of this world, and Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world, because Jesus wants to set prisoners free. Jesus wants to... Um, be someone who brings grace and truth, not and for, yeah, law. forgiveness. So, so it says, yeah, it's, this is the kingdom that we follow: the king who becomes a peasant, the king who dies, uh, the king who is poor and becomes obedient to the point of death on a cross. Yeah, this, is, the, this is Christ the King, and in the midst of it all, he is the Alpha and the Omega. You know, mm -hmm. the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come, the Almighty. And so, when I preach this passage, I typically talk about the fact that Christ the King is something nobody cares about or has heard about, unless you're one of the five Episcopalians left in the United States. Um, and I talk about the fact that Christ the King gets at this idea that we want Jesus to be the boss, but when we say that, what we mean is we want him to fix everything in our lives, both personally and nationally. We want the right person in the White House, the right person in the Supreme Court. We want everything to go our way. But this is inherently a worldly approach to things. Um, we could fix the government tomorrow, and you still would have your estranged daughter. You would still have your anxiety that keeps you from going to sleep. You would still have the fact that there are lots of poor people living in a part of your city that, for whatever reason, can't seem to get out of that cycle. Uh, and so, fixing worldly systems isn't going to ultimately solve the human problem at the root level. Mm -hmm. And this is where Christ the King is the one who, as we said in that Revelation passage, passage is the one who loves you and has freed you. Um, and uh, and so, we work for we work for his good in this world, but know that ultimately his kingdom is not of this world. That's what I say to that, just to make it pastorally connected. It doesn't do your people any good to walk out of the church knowing that a pope in the early 20th century created something called Christ the King Sunday and Christ is a king. I mean, that's uh, it's good, academic. It's, it's good It's filler, good to know. Though. It's good yeah, filler. It's good filler. You know, inter start with that, you know. <laughs> uh, but what you really want to do is always preach the gospel. And the gospel is human systems will not save us, but Jesus has and does and will. Well, that's awesome. And on that note, what a great way to conclude season one of the same old song. Um, and, uh, by the way, if you have, since we are going to start reading letters from our listeners, yes. if you'd like to DM us, send it? Uh, you can DM uh, me on, I'm on the Twitter, uh, and uh, Zimmermania 
Or you can uh, find us on Instagram, SOSMbird, and you can send us a direct message there. Uh, yeah. Or you can call 1-800-555-5555. Also, we're moving towards the end of the, of the year, and uh, nothing like um, getting a tax deduction if you haven't given enough money away. Or if you'd like to give a little bit more, this is the time of year when you can give to Mockingbird NYC. And so we encourage you to go to the webpage and give generously. Embird.com. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and, uh, and so uh, God bless you all, and thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week as we tackle a new liturgical year, the season of Advent. Today's episode brought to you by Melina Smith, Technical Assistant, and TJ Hester Audio Production. Flashing and jazzing it up. Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.